Linda, thank you. There's so many people in this room that have been instrumental in my life. Uh, taught me in Sunday school and encouraged me. And Johnny Gresham might have done more for me than anyone else ever. Uh, when they came here, and Linda's always been so beautiful, and Johnny's always been, well, he's always been Johnny. I thought one day I might have a chance to marry a beautiful woman too. And I did 35 years ago. Johnny Gresham, thank you very much. You gave me hope. And I appreciate that. <laughs> Snake Man worked in an orange grove in Florida. And they called him Snake Man because he would like to catch snakes in the orchard and torture his friends with the snakes. So they called him Snake Man. One day he grabbed the wrong snake. It was faster than Snake Man, and it got him right on his hand. It was a rattler, and he started to puff up, and they rushed him to the hospital. And uh, it was touch and go for a while, something you don't want to mess with. Several weeks later, he returned to the orchard, looking pale and weak. One of his friends yelled across from the trees, Good to see you, Snake Man. He said, Don't call me Snake Man. My name is Walt. I love that story and I love how people can change. I love that who we were does not dictate who we will become. Two years ago at homecoming, I preached on the butterfly effect. Events that ripple throughout history because of something that we have done or someone before us has done. And today we're going to talk about the God effect, what Linda just sang about. The God effect is what sets our life better than it was. It gives us access to the great adventure. Before we do that, let's pray. Lord, it is our prayer that all of us have made that effort to find you, like Linda just sang. Because once we come to you, you have promised that you'll take us. And you will impact our lives and take us places and use us in ways we never dreamed possible. Father, today we celebrate the God effect. Let it happen in our lives, all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I found this video a few months ago and I thought this is perfect for the God effect.
to me that's the Christian life. It starts out a little bit at a time. And then all of a sudden it gets a little better. And it gets a little better. And all of a sudden there's an orange. Well, all heaven breaks loose. And we're like that little girl that started with just a little drop of a coin in a bucket. We have to do something, don't we? The Bible and this world are filled in this room, are filled with examples of this. Of taking something basic and then making something beautiful out of it. I learned this verse in this room years ago, in this building, or the one across the street years ago. 2 Corinthians 5.17 So if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. It might have been the Greshams that taught me that. It might have been the Porters that taught me that. It might have been Houston McFear. I don't know who taught me that. It might have been my dad. I guess I should say that. I don't know. I love the verse. And I love it because it's relevant today in this world that desperately needs changing and transforming. But that's what God does. He changes. He's in the transforming business. If you know your Bible, you know that Moses was a murderer. And God used him. You know that David was an adulterer. God used me. You know that Jacob was a thief and a liar. God used me. You know that Noah was a drunk. God used me. You know that Paul persecuted Christians. And God made him a great missionary. You know that James and John had terrible tempers. Thomas had doubt. The list goes on and on. But then something happened. The God effect. And they became who they needed to become. The scripture I wanted to use this morning is, if it looks familiar, it's what we looked at Easter Sunday morning. It is about that very first Easter. And I'd never preached on this section of scripture before until Easter. I kind of ignored it and didn't really pay attention to it. I kind of overlooked it, but it's good stuff. Matthew tells us in chapter 27. The tombs also were open. And many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And after his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. If you've ever wanted a good plot for a movie, this is it. Can you imagine the announcement that Linda Stewart would make the next week? Well, we've got to do a little bit more to the cemetery now. A lot of the graves popped open and we need to take care of that. Can you, I, I just, but your imagination goes wild. Can you with the knock at the door? Honey, I'm home. I got ready. So there's all sorts of thoughts. Can you imagine? These verses were written for us to tell us something about the resurrection. And one thing we should notice, not all the tombs were empty. Not everyone has come back to life. And for those that watched, in the day, it had to be a difficult thing to be confronted with. The fact that somebody's remained in the tombs would cause a few comfort zones to be ruffled. It would lead to a big question in Jerusalem that saw some of the dead come back to life, 
why is it some of them these came and these didn't you know the answer we saw it spelled out in verse 52 the tombs were also open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised only saints came back it's a Greek word here used hagios it means sacred or blameless or consecrated or most holy or saint today we would use the phrase believer it's believers that popped up what is happening here as Matthew tells it is a victory lap of God's power over the grave the God fact God is showing off here and I love it when I see God show off and I love it when I see dead saints watching did you catch that that I told you I've seen dead saints walking before I tell you what I've seen, let me read you, if you're a believer, the scripture about you and about me. Ephesians chapter 2. Once, if you're a believer, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil. We can call that the devil effect. The commander of the powers in this unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that we can say For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So now, God can point to us all in the future, ages, as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us, who are united with Christ Jesus. If you're a believer, this is talking about you. This is a God effect. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, but now you belong to God. And everything has changed. And I love seeing that change. So about the dead that I've seen. My friend Philip grew up in Malaysia. And he lived on the streets. He was basically an orphan, very poor. And he would fight. He made a living fighting and stealing. Was an expert in the martial arts. He was always in trouble and he wanted to get out of Malaysia and he wanted to come to the United States of America so he needed to learn English and he signed up to learn English. He signed up at a church. Guess what they used to teach English at this church? The Bible. Philip became a Christian long before I ever met him. He is soft-spoken and kind and gentle. He's a dead man walking. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He's resurrected, if you will. Proof of the God effect. My friend Bell is now in heaven. The first Sunday that Bell came to church where I was in a small town, small town America, everybody knows your business. If you've ever lived there, you know that is true. 
And everybody knew her business and everybody knew her reputation. And when she walked into the church, everybody said, do you see who's here? And they likely pointed, compared notes. They knew many of the things that she had done. She kept coming. She became a believer late in her life. And the old was gone and the new had come. And she was and she is a miracle. My friend Kent was an alcoholic. And he's a pastor today. Remember the Boatwright family if you've been here long time? Bob and Betty Faith Boatwright and their children lived in the mission house here Bob was about as gentle and as kind of a person as I'd ever known in my life. I went to Bob's funeral. He's been with him the past couple of years. I went there with Charlie Duncan and ran into David Beasley and Tim Halsey there. Talk about the God effect. <laughs> Those are stories that we could tell. But we're there at Bob Boatwright, Saint of God's funeral. And there were several speakers. His son David told a story I didn't know. In World War II, Bob was in the Army or the Marines and was in Japan in some horrible battles. Did you know that about Bob? I didn't know that about and David said in one battle there were so many bodies that one of Bob's job was stacking them up like cordwood to get them out of the way. And Bob kind of bounced around after that, after the army and those experiences which could take him. And God took over. And he decided of all places where he needed to go was Japan where he had fought. So he could teach people about the love of God. And Bob loved the Japanese people as much or more than any of us or any of his children. And that's the God of that. And that's what happens in our lives. If we let it. Somebody's going to conduct our lives. Ephesians says it's going to be one or the other. There are stories everywhere. And God shows off all the time. And it's my prayer that he shows off in our lives. St. Augustine, one of the great theologians of Christianity, in his early days before coming to Christ, he was quite rebellious. One day after becoming a Christian, he was walking in front of a bar that he used to frequent. And in front of him and walking toward him was a woman of bad reputation that was an old friend. And she smiled at him and without even looking her way, he just kept walking. And she stopped and grabbed his arm and said, Augustine, don't you recognize who you just walked by? It's me. And he stopped and he turned and he said, yes, but it's no longer me. Isn't that great? So to the teachers that had me when I was bad, it's no longer me. And isn't that good? The God of that takes all sorts and adds music to their lives. And it's a beautiful thing. 
We have been so blessed in this church to have that, those examples before us. Years and years and years of examples. But I'm perhaps more excited today than ever because we have examples for the future. And I look forward to that. And what God will do through our new friend for the day ahead. If you're visiting with us, you pray for First Baptist Church of Sandy Spring. If you're not visiting with us, if this is your church, you pray for First Baptist Church of Sandy Spring. And together, let's see how God will affect us and the world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that if we are in Christ, the old has passed away and everything has become new. We are a new creation. Father, we thank you for that. I thank you for the examples you have put in my path to show me how to learn. I thank you for many in this room. And Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in all of our lives and in all of our churches as we yield to you. Father, we celebrate today healing. Healing of broken spirits. Healing of tough situations and tough lives. Where you touch us and make us more than we ever could be. Let us sing it. Thank you, Father, for being there for us. Thank you, Father, that we can quietly turn to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.